Today with Ken Crowther on World Radio Gardening. What's new with Thompson and Morgan Seeds? Hello and welcome to the latest podcast from World Radio Gardening, brought to you by Thompson and Morgan. Well, Ken Crowther has been out and about meeting up with the team at Thompson and Morgan. Uh, you might have met a tailor or a tinker or a soldier or a spy. But what about a plant breeder? That's the job that Charles takes on. TNM wouldn't be where it is today without a plant breeder. And Charles, you're the plant breeder, aren't you? I am. Good morning. Now, um, it's, it's an unusual sort of job in a way, because what you're looking for is unusual, new, exciting, but successful plants. Isn't that what it's about? It's about being uh, successful for the customers in the customer's garden in the end, uh, performance of the plant the whole season, and and also, like you were saying, uh, being different, being novel. Um, I, I, I was going to show you a few Bidens, uh, which I'm working on. Oh, now these are the ones in front of us, aren't they? They are the, front, the ones and in front of us. To me, right, okay. I've seen Bidens for a long time. Yeah, it's a sort of yellowy plant that you put in a hanging basket. I'd say it's not exciting, the actual original Bidens, is it? Uh, it was when it was first introduced, but not anymore, because now it's all the Boring, same, more or less yeah. uh, large plants or large flowers. But, but these have got much bigger flowers and uh, various colours, haven't they? Yes, so I've worked for a few years now on Bidens, and I've introduced some new um, species to get uh, more colours and different habits and flower shapes. Uh, we, re- we introduced the first uh, double flower type on the market, which is called um, Paris Treasure, um, which is similar to that one over there. Um, well, that's the purpley one or the orangey one? The, that's the yellow. Uh, oh, sorry, type, the yellow. With, yeah. with, but it has more petals in the center. It's got loads, isn't it? Yeah. And then we introduced also uh, the first bicolor, which is yellow with a sort of white edge, which we call Spotlight. Um, we introduced the first white one on the market, which is That's called massive, that one, isn't Parrot's it? Pearl, but it's a bit like a fag, I, I agree. So we, we, we've tried to improve it, and now we've come up with a, an improvement for it, which we will call Moonlight. You can see the difference, it's much more compact, but it's still with white flowers and quite, quite large ones again. Now, looking at it, it's quite interesting, because the leaf shapes also vary a little bit, don't they? They do. And, and that, that comes out through the breeding, I suppose. That comes out also through different species uh, you're using. And in the first place also, I used uh, a species that was just very, very pale pink. Just a, it had a, a, you know, a really a tiny bit of shading of pink. And gradually by breeding, I, I got to, towards um, um, some near red shades and uh, also bicolors. And so there are two other ones in that light series, which are... Um, fairy light with the stripes. That's quite attractive, isn't and it? Far, and firelight with a uh, straight bicolor with a um, bright pink center, a white edge. So, so we've got all these colors are quite different and new. The bees and the even the butterflies are on them already <laughs> this morning, so that's quite nice. But we people don't understand the the work. It, it's actually from seed, isn't it? And you're are you you're cross pollinating seed, but then you have to hold it tight don't you so that it doesn't get cross-pollinated with the wrong things isn't it yeah i mean you could either do it by hand so in some cases you would have selected plants in the greenhouse cross them by hand then actually bag seed heads and harvest them before they fall off 
and then do generation after generation of, until we get towards what we want. Uh, the other method would be probably to do one first cross between, let's say, two species, get the result, and then have quite a population in the, in the field, select the best ones, and just carry on in the field with the bees pollinating just the best plants. So you remove all the rest, uh, remove all the flowers that have opened, and then uh, the bees pollinate between the best plants just because they're there. And then uh, you just carry on year after year, and, and eventually you get to what's something that's uh, quite different and exciting. Now what you said was, right at the beginning, I've been working on Bidens for some years. Okay, how many years how to many? get these? Uh, Probably about eight years. Eight years. Now, nobody at home would honestly believe that it takes eight years. They just think, oh, there's a new variety this year, don't they? Yes, yes. But and I, they forget the work that's gone into it, don't they? And, and I, I, I would forget a little bit as well because we work on about 60 different genera. So there's always something new coming. Mm. But we're always also working uh, since a while or since many years on, on the different projects. But you just see something almost every day coming out that is different that you haven't seen before. So you forget that it's taken so long. And sometimes things are unsuccessful. That must happen, mustn't it? You it must, does, it does. You must yeah. work on something for five years, six years. And, and you have to give it up. Give it up and say, no, it's not yeah, working. Yeah, that happens. Uh, but then the, you know, the stars pay for the rest of the work. Now, I see you're still working on, I'm looking at the, the area that you're working on, begonias. You'll always work on begonias because they're such a successful plant. Yeah. on. And you, you got all that lovely perfume into it, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. In the early days. Uh, these, these ones you see there in front of you, they're also for uh, the perfume. And we're um, here trying to see whether plants uh, perform differently depending on whether they come from cuttings or tissue culture. Uh, that's, that's, quite, that's quite interesting, isn't it? So, You've got the exact same uh, plant. This is um, Fragrant Falls Lemon, which we have released, I think, two years ago. And the plants there at the back are from cuttings and the plants at the front are from uh, tissue culture. And you can see the branching is quite different. And uh, the ones from cuttings, you, they're not uniform between themselves. And you get the old plant that's actually kind of breaking and not making a nice habit. Uh, the tissue culture plants are very uniform and very branched, so you're, you're going to get an, a nicer plant habit in the end. Now, tissue culture is really just using a, is a laboratory, cutting very tiny pieces yeah. of, the, and, of the plant and basically working from that plant. There's nothing, nothing sinister about it at all. It's been used for years and years. Yeah, yeah it's just um, mass production of cuttings in, um, in test tubes and actually... You could argue it uses a lot less space and, and water and less energy completely. Uh, energy than, than growing it mm. uh, somewhere remote and then sending it back to the UK. Now, just just you know, just to sum up, we're working on. I can see you've got petunias, which I imagine you're continuously always working on. You've got some buddleias that you've produced over the last few years. Some yes. very interesting yeah. small buddleias. What else have we got here that you're actually just working on? You don't have to actually go through the detail, but just give us a hint of what you might we might be seeing in the future. Yeah, um, some special sunflowers uh, that would probably be more for bedding. You you often get sunflowers that open uh, you know a nice flower head sometimes quite big uh, for the, the dwarf ones and then that's kind of it you you get maybe another two flowers if you're lucky and then they die yeah and so we're trying to make that would the be same, good wouldn't it the same sort of type of sunflower that just lasts and lasts and lasts and uh laurentia or isotoma 
we've been working on those ones. We actually introduced them to, mar- to the market. Thompson Morgan did probably 20 years ago. It is a long time, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. And uh, we've created the first um, F1 hybrids on the market, uh, which we got recognition for as uh, Fluoroselect gold medal. They're looking good, aren't they? They are. And then those ones here you see in front of us, they're um, uh, kind of the next step. Uh, to get extra large flowers and, and very harsh, deep colours, uh, which are, are sort of quite new in, in that crop. And um, again, very nice habit, uh, very branched. And these ones uh, will be from cutting. And the series has been released, at least in the US, as Fizz and Pop. I'm not sure if it's going to be the same name in the UK. I'm sure it'll be different in the UK. <laughs> but so it's very exciting work, really, isn't it, that you're doing? Yes, and it's it's um, continuous all the time. You get something uh, exciting and, and new. The fascinating world of the plant breeder, Charles from Thompson & Morgan. You're listening to World Radio Gardening, this edition brought to you by Thompson & Morgan. Well, once you have the plants, you then have the trials. How many different varieties of chilli do you need? With T&M, a lot of trials are going on, and I'm with Joe, who's actually standing in front of some chilies. Now how many chilies are you working on at the moment then? Well uh, we've got 100 different varieties this year, we're just trialling some different ones, we're deciding whether we want to buy some more in for different products and trying to see if we can work out some new versions. So we've got some things like your habaneros which are your spicy ones and then you've got like the buccalokia which are obviously really really nasty ones and then you've got things like your more mild things so we've got things like padron pepper or the ornamental varieties like Demon Red or uh, Basket of Fire, which you can put on your windowsill. Um, and then, you know, you, a lot of these people think you can just sort of, you know, grow them one year and then chuck them away. But actually, what some of the chilies, especially the chinensis varieties, you can actually grow them a second year. So you can keep them in a glass house, you can prune them down, you can then bring them back the next year and they'll grow more fruit and better fruit and you'll have a better plant the next year. So your crops, you know, doubled. So your Buccalokia. You haven't really got the heat in this country like you would in India, obviously where they're from, but you can grow them on a second year, you'll get better fruit. And, you know, a lot of people think, you know, oh, you just chuck them away, try another year. And they never, they never quite get it. You know, they never quite get the plants they want. They never quite get the fruit. And it's, it's a bit of a shame, really. But, you know, you can do so many things with these chilies. A lot of people think, you know, we can just, you know, pick them up you'll get all these crops come off them and then they think, oh, better, you know, what am I going to do with all these chilies? But you can make jams, you can freeze them, you can pickle them, you can, you know, there's so many <laughs> things you can make powders, you know, you can powder the flesh and you can make like a, you know, like a chili powder that's, a, you know, quite a reasonable one. Or you can ch- even, you know, grind up the seeds if you wish to and make a really potent, you know, quick heat that you can chuck in your sauces. But, you know, you do all these things and especially with the different varieties, you've got obviously your basket of fire, you might want to pick them off, chuck them in a soup or chuck them in a chi- you know, a chilli or a curry or something, and they'll, they'll add a little bit of heat. Or you can get something like a, uh, what's the, padron, you can use those, they're a bit more mild, but they're bigger, so you can chuck them into, say, Salad salads, you can put them into, sort of, you can just quickly fry them, you know, they're quite nice. If you just quickly grill them even, like you would a pepper, you can do that sort have of you, stuff. Have you noticed I'm not saying much? Because yeah. I'm not a chilly person. And in fact, no. I, I don't actually even understand them. So it's interesting listening to you because you're obviously a big enthusiast and yeah. I reckon you eat a lot as well of them, do I you? D- I do, yeah. I do eat quite a few chilies. Um, I try and sort of test them out as, as, as I'm growing them, obviously, which 
can be a bit of a mistake sometimes. I Some mean, of the hot ones. Yeah, I mean, we, I have we, actually yeah. tried hot ones, and I, I, I couldn't believe how you can actually burn your mouth. Yeah. Well, it doesn't actually burn your mouth, but it acts as if it's burning your mouth, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. I think uh, a lot of people may get confused because when it comes down to it, you've got obviously these hot chilies, but you normally you'd only use them in a small amount in a in a bit you know in a bigger dish. So I remember years ago when I was doing chefing, um, my my tutor said to me, right, you know you've got this chili, this really spicy chili you've got here. We're only going to use an eighth off the end of this chili, and that will be enough to do the whole dish. So and he did it, and it was perfect. You know the heat level was nice and and all good. But then some people might turn around, and they might get this chili and try and use the whole thing. And I think it's all about balancing it. You want to make sure you sometimes take the seeds out if they're too vicious. And there's there's a lot of flavour in chilies, and you sort of just have to really balance it out and try and sort of find a you know happy medium. Again, that's why you might freeze them. You might. And isn't it amazing? I mean, because I'm obviously years older than yourself, and isn't it amazing how chilies have become so important in our cooking, isn't it? I mean, really have yeah. to. I think it's possibly because we travel the world a lot more and we brought a lot more of the culinary delights of other countries back into the UK, yep. haven't we? Yeah, I think so. Um, especially also there's, you know, the American side of it, there's the stuff like the Carolina Reaper. Um, there's the, you know, other companies like Seaspring Seeds, they'll do it. There's the, the American owner of that. He does a lot of breeding and, and stuff in the UK. So when it comes down to it, you know, he has a, a wide variety that's now suited for our climate. We might have something that used to be, for example, like the Buchalokia, but now there's like the Dorset Naga, which is a similar one from that. We've also got other things like the landscaping chilies, which we're now working, you know, that's coming about, which are sort of smaller, more compact things. They do quite well in our weather because you can actually grow them outside and, you know, after all the frosts have passed. So there's some quite interesting things coming on. So really looking at 100 ones is you're looking for the best that you can take forward. Yeah, definitely. Um, and also interesting things like we've got the ones like Vampire, which are a big, you know, tall purple plant very dark green and purple plant with these purple chilies on top not a lot of people would think that you know looks right they're a bit confused <laughs> like you know that's a bit crazy um but then also just trying to find some good you know easy ones we don't want anything too over the top spicy and you thought chilies came in two varieties too hot or mild you'd be mistaken it's july it's a busy time of year the show garden is being worked on for thompson and morgan and Ken Crowther has been speaking to Michael to find out more. Well, Michael, you are busy, busy, busy loading plants at the yeah, moment. Yeah, we are. We're getting our garden ready at Jimmy's Farm, which is the Thompson Morgan Show Garden, which opens mid-July, and it'll be full of colour. You'll see some brand new varieties there. You'll see existing varieties. You'll see the results of our tech trials as well, so you'll get to know how good our compost is, how good the different fertilisers are that are in the marketplace. You'll learn a lot about Thompson Morgan plants, but also how to get the best from them. I always remember last year at the tomato trial, um, picking on a couple of strawberries, and I'm saying, what are those labels? What are those labels here? And I was eating the straw. Uh, oh, you're always strawberry. poking around at the yeah. back, aren't yeah. you? Yeah, oh. e eating, <laughs> eating the tomatoes and saying, well, this one's really, really sweet. Mm. What, what the dickens are you feeding this? And it actually, it was, I mean, I was amused because mm. actually it was one of your fertilisers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, we've got Incredicrop, which is um, based around vegetable cropping, yeah. getting bigger crops of a range of vegetables, including tomatoes. But we've also got Bloom, which is predominantly for flowers, but it actually makes tomatoes sweeter as well. So, yeah, so fertiliser, you know, you're a, you're a fool if you don't use fertiliser because you want to get the best, best out yeah. of your plants. You know, humans, we can't survive on water alone. We need f food as well. All that goodness, vitamin minerals you know all that gumph we need it all to perform so you've got lots of begonias down there 
Now we have, they're, yeah. They're, they're so being loaded at the moment. Not just the normal ones, but also the fragrant ones. So if you're going to visit Jimmy's Shogun, you will experience maybe a fragrant begonia for the first time. You've got fragrances of citrus, rose, cinnamon. They're absolutely gorgeous. From here, I can see a whole load of lobelia, which are going to be loaded onto the van quite soon. All in hanging they're, baskets. Yep, they're newer types, which are F1 hybrids, which will flower for longer. So you can that was see. always the problem, wasn't it? Exactly. So a lot of Thomson Morgan breeding is looking to improve plants that we already know that don't perform in the garden as well as we'd hope. So lobelia is one thing we've looked at. Budlia buzz, you can see over there. We've got oh, dwarf budlias too. So garden-friendly budlia. They don't self-seed everywhere. They only stay about three to four feet tall as well. Lots and lots of flower pouches. I don't know if you know our big planting sock, yes. which is basically about 30 centimetres deep. And you can plant, yeah, about a foot. And you can plant about 10 plants in there and basically hang them on the wall, on a fence, anywhere you want to dress. And you're doing that all dress. around the back at Jimmy's, With aren't colour, you? yeah, absolutely, all along the fence. So hopefully one of the longest flowering fences in the world, but I'm sure the Dutch have already beaten us to it. And in there, you've got trailing geraniums, you've got bidens, you've got some newer varieties, such as um, Power Daisy, which is a brand new calendula, which is bred for outdoors, flowers for six months of the year. We're experimenting too. So you see you've got some heucheras in hanging baskets over there. Now that's, that's not usually what I would think of putting in one. Yeah, it's usually a perennial plant in the border, but these are newer varieties with better foliage, better flower, and they've actually got a slightly cascading lax habit, which means they look brilliant in a hanging basket. We've also got various mixes, colour theme mixes. We've got the Trixie concept the Trixie concept where you've got three plants in one mm -hmm. plug. So you've got a ready-made mixture. All of those plants, they grow at the same speed. You've got good color blends as well. And you haven't got one of those lopsided baskets where you've got kind of, you know, red patch over there. You've got a Biden's that's taken over. Really, really well thought through. So look out for the Trixie series as well. Now, I suppose the most important thing is that uh, we ought to explain where Jimmy's Farm is because people are coming from across the country and mm. beyond. It's on the A14, which is an important trunk road because it's one of the, I think it's the only east-west trunk road in the country, isn't okay. it? Okay. Oh, Did you know square. that? <laughs> <laughs> of the A14, but yeah. it is marked, isn't it's it? It's marked. There's brown signs, um, but of course you can visit the show garden of Thompson Morgan products at Jimmy's Farm, but you can also spend the day at the farm, maybe take the kids, visit the animals. There's gift shops there as well there's um really really great restaurant too yes. so yeah and a bit of a barbecue hut outside so there's plenty to see but there's um if so if you ever get bored of the plants you can then pop in and have a sausage roll would you get bored with thompson and morgan plants <laughs> never <laughs> especially not if i'm there ready to give you a tour <laughs> there you're looking for somewhere to go that's another day taken care of michael from thompson and morgan talking to ken crowther and that brings to an end this edition of the podcast brought to you by thompson and morgan revisit our website at world radio gardening for the next podcast coming soon and thank you for listening Today with Ken Crowther on World Radio Gardening. What's new with Thompson and Morgan Seeds?